Hello, friends. My name is Dave Miller. And I'm Niall Spain. And we are your fuck buddies. We are a dating and sex advice podcast where we take your sticky, sexy situations and turn them into sexy, sticky situations. Simply put, we find questions either online or from our wonderful listeners, and we answer them right here, right now, every Monday in your ears. And if uh, we're once again doing a little time travel thing, if you came to our show uh, last week... Thank you very much. We record this on Wednesdays, and our show is on Thursday, so we haven't done it yet. But I gotta say, I know it's gonna be good, and I know, more importantly, you were great as well. Yeah, we already have people complaining that they can't book seats because it's so sold out right now. But hopefully, That's you went. Fault. Hopefully, you got there because this is the future. I don't feel bad for the people who who try to book like the day before, because we tell you, we warn mm-hmm. you. We say it. We say, hey, it's going to book out this week because it always does. So if you don't get your table, that ain't, that ain't my fault. That's your fault. And you should 100%, feel bad about it. hundred percent. And that's the thing. Not only did we tell you, we also told you it does sell out usually about two weeks before. And guess what? This was no exception. So, hey, next time, maybe. It's the future. I don't know if we have another show. So I'm in my era where I'm going to not take responsibility for anything, regardless of whether it is my responsibility and it is everyone else's fault. So what, you're entering your white guy era? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm really connecting with my roots. (laughs) Uh, Your first first question. I'm not ready to go. I can't even go that. Ready for a question? Yeah. Ready for a question. Hmm, this isn't really a question. Why did I get this up? <laughs> you know what? This is a PSA. Uh, this is this has been posted in the relationship or dating advice Reddit. Stop with the pickup games, all capitals. I don't know why people pay for dating gurus and lessons. It doesn't work. The techniques are creepy. Please stop. I was walking on the street and an extremely anxious man came up to me. He seemed high. He said something really fast. I didn't understand it. So I tried to distance myself and he said, where is shop name? I answered it was a little further down, and then he asked for my name, and I said, sorry, I'm in a hurry. We passed the shop, and he didn't even go in. He passed the street, looked at me until I was further away, and then tried with another girl that seemed equally as scared as I was. Don't go up to people in the street. Just don't. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I feel like a lot of men need to hear that. It's why this podcast exists. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. It's. I watched this happen the other day at, uh, I was waiting for the bus or the streetcar, and this guy... Just like, you know, I will say he wasn't super creepy about it. He was shooting his shot, but mm. it was just such a great indication of being like time and place. Yeah, I'm I'm again, I'm not against organically meeting people. I, you know, I, I preach it all the time about how, you know, dating online dating should be a supplement to naturally and organically meeting people mm-hmm. out in the world. But he is organic. If they have their headphones in, they don't want to talk to you. I don't care who you are if they were interested they would be open and receptive to it so right off the bat if someone's listening to headphones leave them alone they're yeah. listening to us probably and they don't uh, want to uh, be interrupted what do you mean probably 100 percent. i mean there's other podcasts that i would allow them no. to listen to no <laughs> no yeah no they're um, allowed i just know they wouldn't because they wouldn't do that to themselves you know or us or uh, especially not us but he like he kept like sort of you know getting in her vision Mm-hmm. And and then once they like made eye contact, he started talking. So she like, you know, took her her headphones out mm. and he was just like he hit her with the like the worst. And this is boys, gentlemen, dudes, anyone. <laughs> the line. Sorry, I just have to really tell you, I think you're beautiful. Sucks. It's no. a oh, suck. did you? Oh, you, you did? <laughs> yeah. It's like what you that move because you know what they're going to say? They're thanks. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's very nice. That's very sweet. That it get, one, it, it, it's it's bad. Don't yeah. comment on people's appearances without sort of any reason to do so. And two, it doesn't lead to a conversation. No, Unless it, the person says, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. I'm actually very attractive and let me talk about myself. <laughs> like, or like, wait, am I? Yeah, no, you are. Really? Yeah, for sure. Let me let's get into it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. 
and and like I see it all the time, especially at my bar as well, where people are just like, sorry, I just have to tell you, like, you're so fucking hot. You're so sexy. You're cute. You're beautiful. Whatever. I'm like, it's look, if you're just there, if that's your just if you're just going over and be like, hey, I just want to let you know that you're fucking killing it right now. And then you fucking wander off. All right, sure. Throw a compliment at someone. That's fine. Even then, I don't think, oh, you're so beautiful and walk off is one. Yeah. If like if you're if your hair is just fucking killing it today or like you're murdering it on the dance floor or like you've got a rad jacket or something. I think that's far more acceptable uh, and also uh, like something you want somebody might appreciate. Yes. But just being like, hey, you're beautiful. Bye. Like, fuck off. I think there's there's something I think you bring up a good point. I think there is something to be said about striking up a conversation about an interesting thing about someone. So if they're mm-hmm. rocking like crazy ass shoes or have, you know, a cool jacket, I think that can be a fun way to break the ice. But again, but even then time and place, time and place and the bus stop or the gym or at their job is really not it. Yeah, I think a lot of men need to realize that, like what they like, what's good for the goose ain't good for the gander. Why so say like that? I don't know. It felt weird to say in a normal voice because uh, <laughs> no one says that, but I don't know what other way to, to say it. It's like, just cause you would like something. Cause I'm sure a lot of men would love if a girl was like, Hey, just want to come over and say you're fucking hot. A hundred percent. You would love that. If they mm. were like, Hey, want to come fuck? You would love that. If like you were, if you had headphones and someone came up to you who was attractive and said these things that would make your fucking day. That doesn't mean the same is true for a woman because there's an inherent threat when a man comes up. They're living in a different world to you. It's the same with dick pics. It's like, I'm sure the guys sending dick pics are like, I would love it if someone just randomly sent me their tits. I would love it. It would make my day. It's not the fucking same. No. That's just so important to learn because I really don't think they get it. I think they're like, but I would love that. It's like, yeah, dude. And it all comes down to, and I think it boils back to, it's like men don't get the same level of attention and affection. And therefore, we overcompensate and think that, like, exactly you said, it's like, these are the things that we so desperately crave. Like, I would love, and I don't even mean, like, strangers complimenting me or hitting on me, but, like, Mm -hmm. as a dude, I get very little compliments from, you know, day to day. Because it's just, like, it's not something that we do to men. It's not something that, like, men get or because we're not supposed to want it, right? We're not supposed to care about our physical appearance or... Mm -hmm whether our hair is well-groomed and like, uh, thankfully our friend group, especially like you and I have a very strong male support group that Mm -hmm. we, we beat each other up all the time. And the same thing, like the people that I work with are also, (laughs) you said we beat each other up. It's like, what? No, we don't (laughs) love. Um, like the other day I walked into work and uh, one of the dudes, the, the bartender I was, I was replacing was like, damn man, your beard looks fucking good. It looks so full. And like, Hell yeah. And that was one of the first things he said to me. And like that just set my night. Like it just set me up for success in terms of like an emotional state. Mm-hmm. But really, like a lot of dudes don't get that from anywhere. A group of older ladies, when I was telling them my favorite things on the menu in my bar, were like, Do you eat that regular? I was like, Yeah. And they're like, How are you so fit? I was like, Ooh, thank right? you. Thank you very it's much. It's nice. But yeah, I do eat things drizzled in cheese almost constantly. <laughs> wish I wish I could. By drizzled, I mean swamped, <laughs> swamped in cheese. If you ever go to Niles restaurant, just ask for the old cheese swamp. Uh, so, yeah, like it sucks that you don't get as much love as you probably deserve or want as a man. And I get it. We're all a little compliment starved. We're all a little affection starved. But half of that is our own fault. And by that, I mean man to man, not you personally to yourself, although probably too. But that's a different issue. But that still doesn't mean women want that. Mm hmm. Different fucking issues. So just realize it's not the same for the goose yeah. and for the gander. No, say it right. It's not the sham for the goose and the gander there, buddy. I appreciate that you're, I assume, I, was that an Irish accent? Were you going Irish there? Cause it's, I know, it's, man. It's starting to sound more newfy. Like you're starting yeah, to sound I think more. I, I'm just putting putting more spin on it and who knows where it's going to end up. <laughs> um, I, I You make a very good point that like men need to stop and realize that the dynamics of existing in the world as a man are very, very different than existing as a woman. And as much mm-hmm. as we want to talk about equality and as much as we want, uh, you know, social parity and all that kind of stuff, it, it just, it's just not the same, you know, mm-hmm. a woman waiting for the bus is in a much different position than a man waiting for the bus. Even yep. though you're doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, you know, it, it, it's just it's just different. And yeah. 
we need to understand that and we need to be empathetic of that. Yeah. So you need to sort of like make a hierarchy of importance of being like, damn, she is very attractive. And I see that she's reading my favorite book and I really do want to talk to her about it. But I know it is far more important for her to have her space and, you know, let her have her peace and to feel safe than it is for me to approach her. A hundred percent. And like that attitude will help you get a partner later in life. You know what I mean? Like maybe not in that instance, but just because it's not happening that instance doesn't mean it's not helping you because that attitude is going to make you empathetic. It's going to make you a more attractive and desirable person because you're fucking chill. Yeah. It's, I mean that it's, it's what set us apart every time we went out where mm -hmm. we weren't like, you could watch women who are standing at a bar get like literally like dudes lining up to shoot their shot and to hit them with their can line or their, you're just so beautiful. I had to tell yeah. you, or the, you know, all this stupid bullshit. And the second we roll in and just kind of like want to make room so we can order a drink and ask them how their night's going. So, you know, just to kill time until we get our drink, mm -hmm. the difference between how they reacted to us and how they reacted to the dudes who were doing what literally every other dude was doing. Yeah. It's, it's night and day. So you really do need to stop and think mm -hmm. about the reality of the situation and again, I don't want to discourage people from striking up conversations with people, mm -hmm. but as we say, time and place, and you also have to go in with the understanding that they might not be as comfortable in the situation that you are, and it is 100% mm -hmm. up to you and is your responsibility to read that situation and fuck off if you can tell they're getting uncomfortable yeah. or do with something too. Yes. Or do something to ensure that they are comfortable. Yeah. And whether that is something as simple as like not making comments about their physical appearance, mm -hmm. not touching them. Yep. You Giving know, them these, space. Yeah. Like recognizing when they want to leave and not pushing the situation, not being shitty if they turn you down or say no or any like there's a fucking laundry list of things you should be doing and just invading their space and time when they don't want you to is not it. And this thing, we're definitely, neither of us are saying don't approach people, but do it in appropriate places, you know, and be chill. And my, my general rule of thumb is if I'm not sure how someone is handling the social interaction I'm in, especially like if I'm chatting with you at the bar or whatever, if I'm not sure if you're picking up what I'm putting down, I will err on the side of caution and be like, yep. okay, like I, I will, I'll fuck off. And, and mm -hmm. like, not obviously not like I won't storm away or, or get all pissy or anything. I'll just, you know, like turn back around to my friends or try to the nearest night. fire exit. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> launch myself out, um, out the window off the side of the patio. If it's one story or less, because with like the way I see it is if there is something there, I will be able to pick that up later. Yes, right. For sure. We, we will bump into each other later. And if we don't, we don't, because if they were actually interested I would assume and I hope that they would make an effort to talk to me again. Mm -hmm. And if they and don't, it's also, like, well, I don't want to I don't want to chase anyone. I don't want to yeah. like jump through hoops for someone's attention. So if if it's not going to be reciprocated, if if I am going to be, you know, quote unquote tested to see if I'm interested enough, that's not someone I want to be engaged with anyway. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I think for most women, like have a guy who is chill and confident enough to be able to leave like, that's a good sign. That's a really good marker of, like, what you're all about. And, like, I know people appreciate that. So, like, yeah. you be confident enough to give them the space. Don't be like, oh, I met a girl. Now that is my one and only thing that's happening tonight. Because, like, it's, it's hard to maintain that over a whole night because you have friends. They have friends. You know, even if things are going well, it's like, you run the risk of suffocating everything and yeah. if it's not immediately going incredibly you're definitely going to do it so it's like have that chat strike up a report talk on later if it doesn't the work out it doesn't work needs out. air to to, needs to grow air. the goose needs no i don't know <laughs> the goose needs air okay no you can't do it that's offensive <laughs> that's a little hey told you i'm getting i'm connected with my roots oh true true sorry <laughs> don't ruin my progress please <laughs> all right hit me this is from Reddit user not important YK. Spouse thinks he has HPV. Last night, my, a 30-year-old female, spouse, 30-year-old male, of 10 years broke down and told me he thinks he has HPV because of warts down there. At one point, he said that 
I gave it to him, that he had it before we got together, and that it must have been dormant until now while he's had struggles with his immune system because of a medical condition. How could I give it to him and it also be an issue before we got together? I don't know. He said he's kept it from me because it went away until now. Now he's concerned I think he's cheated and is telling me I could leave our marriage without a fight because I will never trust him again and that this will always be an issue. His words were, I'm a monster and this is going to tear our family apart and I'm going to lose my family over this. What makes it even worse is that my mom has terminal cervical cancer that she got from HPV given to her by a cheating spouse. I've gone with her to chemo, seen her at her worst, and continue to support her. He knows what this diagnosis has put my family through, so even if he didn't cheat, it clearly says he didn't care about my health, and that really bothers me. I have deep trauma, including by him, so I have this fawning response where I go numb to the issue until it's forgotten. Also, I feel guilty for thinking the worst and for being hurt, but from what I've read, it's wrong that he kept this from me, especially while telling me I might have given it to him, or that I'm the bad guy for being hurt. I just also feel weird that he keeps harking on about the cheating stuff, and with other things he said, just kind of sends up red flags. I also don't want to be close-minded because it totally could be the truth, that it's been a dormant thing. It's not a death sentence or anything, just a concern that we need to be aware of. If you have any advice, or maybe there are some questions I could ask him, or things I could research to learn about, any advice would be helpful. Thank you for reading, and hopefully this can be resolved. Jesus Christ. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. She raises a lot of really good points. If this was a thing... And he didn't disclose it. That's pretty fucked up. So if you do have a, you know, an STI, you disclose it and you then empower your partner to make an informed decision and also to take a hand in their own health and wellness. Yep. Uh, it's it's messed up to not do that. The the contradicting is is worrying me. Like, I do understand that they don't want to jump to worst case scenario, but being like, oh, I had it before, but also you gave it to me. And then be like, you're going to think I'm a cheater. I've ruined our family. Blah. That all kind of does seem like a guilty person freaking out. Yeah. And I will say that there is there is a like a, a phenomenon where when people get SCIs, they say things like I'm disgusting. I'm a monster. I'm the you know what I mean? Like it's it yeah. is a, a natural response to get really, really depressed and frustrated mm -hmm. and grossed out. We've been socialized so much to believe that they're like the yeah. most disgusting thing, which is pretty fucked up. Um, so like that, it's it's tough because what you're saying is absolutely right. And what she's saying is correct as well. Like yeah. this, this sort of like spiral of, of him sort of saying every possible scenario is the reason why it's happened is, yeah. is hard. But on the flip side, I also understand is like someone in their 30s who, especially like a dude, I didn't know that I could have got the HPV vaccine, right? Yeah. Like when I was in school, it was only for women. Like it was only for the girls and there was no conversation whatsoever about men and HPV. Yeah. Right. All it was, was like, it leads to cervical cancer. It leads to, it's, it's a big threat to girls. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if I'm having sex with a woman, I can also get HPV and guess yeah. how women are also catching it as well is through sex so mm -hmm. if, like it just it was HPV is such a weird thing because it was never talked about for men and it is it's it's a big thing like mm -hmm. I think it also can this, cause throat cancer in men as well it can cause literally or any kind of cancer right like it, just because I don't have a cert it's like it can still give you penile cancer so there are a couple things I do want to talk about here one HPV is the common cold of sex seventy five percent of people who have sex are going to get HPV. It is, it's just one of those things where it's chances are if you have had sex, it is very, very likely that you have had HPV. The good news is if he has warts or lesions, that is not the strain of HPV that leads to cancer. That's great news. So if it is a matter of HPV, also, it is weird to be like, hey, I have warts, but I haven't gotten them looked at. Yeah, to be like, oh, I think I might have it, you know, because of the warts. It would almost be the opposite way. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's it. 100%. This is bad. Yeah, I would go to a doctor, get a proper diagnosis. Yes. I think both of you should go to a doctor. Like, you you know, they can't test for HPV status just, like, yeah. passively, which sucks. But, like, you can always go get a cervical cancer screening. In fact, if you're over the age of 21, you should be getting, like, pap smears and shit pretty regularly anyway. So do one of those. It'll help alleviate some of your fears. Uh, he should definitely go get it checked out because if it is... A doctor is going to be able to give you better advice than we can. If it isn't, you need to know what it is. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, HPV, like he could have absolutely had HPV yeah. 10 years ago. 
mm-hmm. because it it is something that our body, it, you know, it, it's it's a virus. Our body processes it. Our immune system neutralizes it, but it doesn't make you immune to it. So yeah. you can get HPV over and over and over again. So it is very possible that he had it and now has it again. Um, it is also possible to go dormant and your body hasn't cleared it out. Yeah. Um, it's not as likely as things like herpes, like herpes is, is unfortunately one of those things that is with you forever. Um, there are obviously suppression treatments and stuff like that for managing breakouts, but it, herpes can go dormant for a very long, for a long time and then pop up again. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility, but the likelihood is that he did have it. It went away because his body dealt with it and yeah. presumably you guys were in a committed relationship. So the, if he does have it again. There is a very good possibility that he caught it from someone else. I guess. Is it not one of those things where like herpes, it does kind of lay dormant and pop up and down? No, as far as I know, HPV is something that once your body deals with it, it is it is dealt with until a reinfection. Oh, really? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was the op like the other way. Because I know you can get it and get over it in two years, but I thought you could also develop the warts and they come back. Um, So it says HPV goes away on its own within two years without health problems. Uh, You're contagious for as long as you have the virus, regardless of whether or not you have symptoms. Mm -hmm. But it also says, but when it does not go away, it can cause health problems like general warts and cancer. Yeah. So, I mean, it could, maybe he didn't, his body didn't process it or, or cure it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, like the really, the, the shitty thing of HPV is that once you have it or any sort of uh, wart, so even if you have a wart on your foot or your hand, you will always test positive, which is why it's impossible to test for HPV. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your the the virus has you know fucked up any screening process. So if you've had any wart in your past or HPV in the past, you will always test positive for it. Uh, so it is uh, it, like Niall said, it, it's impossible to test for it. So it really comes down to you, you have to go to your doctor, get it looked at, get it tested, and get it diagnosed. I was just going to say, the, you know, the old we're not doctors. So, like, yeah, we can give you a amalgam of decent medical advice or like suggestions, shall I say. But in reality, if you do have issues like this, a doctor is, should be your, your protocol. And also, like, Dane raised a really good point about how, like, there is a lot of self-hatred that comes along with STIs um, that we've kind of been socialized and bred into having. So it's yeah. like, keep that in mind when you're looking at him spiraling. Because, you know, I also feel like it is kind of a nightmare to have had a dormant STI pop up in the middle of a relationship and then like to be like, well, it, this looks incredibly terrible, you know, because yeah. that is kind of a nightmare if he's being honest. Right. Yeah. And like, again, it, it all comes down to trusting your partner. Do you trust him? At one point in time, they do say that they have trauma from him as well. Yeah, that's also worrying. Not me. really sure what that means. Mm-hmm. But you do have to, once you get the medical side of things sort of checked out and under control, I think you need to do a, a real hard conversation with your partner and be like, hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me anything if you need to tell me anything. Because yeah. open that door, let him confess, and then make your decision based on that. Yeah. And if he insists being like, hey, I didn't cheat on you, I promise, here's the situation. And like, talk to your doctor about those circumstances as well could you ask sure. them be like hey if he had it in the past is there a possibility that this could pop up again or mm-hmm. is that unlikely because that can yeah. also help your decision making process that's the thing it's like again we're not doctors so like if we said oh it can resurge or blah 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 like don't listen to that listen to the doctor right and if they say it's possible sure and the thing is if this is what's happening to you guys i think approach it with as much grace as you can because they're going through something you know hard but they should be doing the same to you. So if you are asking questions and you're trying to clarify your suspicions and you're, you know, doing whatever and they start getting defensive and being like, oh, you think I cheated then? Like, fuck you. It's like they should have the grace to realize that this is a bad situation too and to meet you halfway and assuage your fears. So hopefully that's what they'll do as well. Go to the doctor, get it checked out. Ask the doctor all the questions that you want to ask your partner and see if they line up. I would probably do that without them in the room just so it doesn't seem like you're piling on or making the doctor choose sides. I would maybe have a private consultation with a sexual health doctor, even someone who hasn't seen your husband, just to like, you know, go to the doctor together, get looked at together, and then bring your questions to a third party. 
and be like, hey, can this happen? Can that happen? Is this a a possibility? Yeah. And then see if they line up with his story. Because if he does say, oh, it came back magically out of nowhere after 10 years. And a doctor says, hey, that's not possible or very, very, very unlikely. Then you have a, a framework to go in and make your decision off that as opposed to being like stuck in the middle of, well, I guess I got to trust them. Yeah, 100%. And if at the end of the day, you do not trust the story, then you need to be able to make that call and be like, I'm sorry, but I don't know if I can I can move forward with this relationship not being able to trust you. Yeah. And if he had it before and he didn't disclose it to you, even if you trust him, that can also be a deal breaker. Not great, especially given your very personal trauma related to this, right? For sure. So like, again, don't do that thing where you're like, oh, I feel this way and you know it's going to affect you. But you're like, I don't know if that's a good enough reason. You can break up with people for whatever you want. If it's done, it's done, right? Good luck. But yeah, it's a shitty situation. This is by a free man, 199. I, male 26, started seeing someone, female 23, and she has genital herpes. I, male 26, recently started seeing someone, female 23, from Hinge. She's really beautiful and really fun to talk to, and we have a lot in common and share a lot of the same interests and just enjoy each other's presence and talking to each other a lot. She broke it to me that she does have genital herpes. I've never encountered someone with this before, not face-to-face or anything like this. I want to note we have not had sex with each other yet, but I am concerned that sex is an important part of the relationship to both me and her. She has stated she takes medication and is extremely careful and makes sure she is all clean. She's never, ever had an outbreak, but she does know she has it. Can anyone help me with what I should do? First things first, you have to come to terms with the fact that if you do want to see a partner who has any of the herpes strains, that there is a possibility that you can contract it. You can live in a fantasy world of being like, you know, we'll we'll not have sex during outbreaks and we have medication to manage them and we'll wear protection. But it's the same thing of being like, you have to, if you're having sex, you have to have You have to agree to the fact that like there's a possibility of pregnancy. There's a possibility of contracting an STD. Those are realities of having sex. And when you have sex with a partner who has an STI, uh, you have to be comfortable with the possibility that you will also contract it. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is kind of what you're doing when you have sex anyway with strangers is like you have to be ready for the fact that you can contract stuff that way too. You know, like safe sex is technically a myth (laughs) you know you can make it as safe as possible yes you're making it safer but it's never a you know fail proof yeah you know and then after that i think you have to have the conversation of being like learn their treatment routine see you know what medication they're taking and do your research on that and see how it suppresses the virus and what what kind of like limitations it puts on the contagious nature of the virus. If it's still one of those things where the virus is still active and contagious, even though there is no outbreak, it is something worth noting. I would highly recommend using a condom always, regardless Mm -hmm. of the outbreak status of the person. And then it's just a matter of communication. I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I know several people who have contracted genital herpes and are in loving long-term relationships. Yeah. So I want to make it very, very clear that this is not a death sentence. This is not a no, not all uh, a well, sentence to be alone forever. It is very, very possible to have a loving and caring and sexual relationship with someone with herpes. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like there's dating apps we've mentioned before that are like specifically geared towards people with herpes. Uh, also, the percentage of people who have herpes worldwide is like surprisingly large so it's not as rare as we're led to believe but unfortunately as we mentioned before stds or sorry stis are so like taboo and like shameful like or at least we're told that they are that a lot of people aren't open about speaking with it uh, about them so just know that and i think dame makes a really good point educating yourself is key both for your safety and for your peace of mind there is a podcast you can listen to with a lot more in-depth kind of like knowledge about this called Positively Positive. Um, they're also Canadian podcasters and they're lovely. So check them out and they have a really good resource uh, and they have like an outbreak diary on their website and like all these things that, you know, if you're a person who has this, maybe it'll be helpful for you. And if you're a person who has a partner who has this, it'll definitely help you educate and learn more from them about what the situation is. So I recommend that. I really appreciate that this question isn't like there, there's no judgment here. 
I really, really appreciate that. It's just sort of like a, here's the situation. What do I do? How do I approach this? And I think yeah. that is really the the approach we need to take to STIs because a lot of the times for the ones that aren't curable or treatable, it is important to know that like we live in a world where medicine handles a lot of stuff now. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we got PrEP to like PrEP is a fucking miracle drug. It's incredible. HVI or H. HIV. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a lot of stuff that has made these diseases and viruses way more manageable and is reducing the stigma of them. Because as Nell said, like the the stigma of SCDs are often far more dangerous and harmful than the disease or virus itself. I would say almost exclusively that it is, you know? Yeah. Outside of things that like HIV before treatment and stuff that well, was, yes, yes. Yeah. you know, but like things, things like herpes and stuff. When I was a teenager, I remember thinking like that was like a worst case scenario to me oh, where yeah. like it, I, I, I couldn't imagine. And I've been with partners who have later been like, oh, you know, heads up. I I've tested positive for this. And like I spiraled and that was just because I had a lack of understanding and there, there was this stigma on it. And I'm glad we're getting to a point where it's not a, you know, I'm running for the hills. It's more of a, how do I navigate these hills? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the show Elite? No. It's like the Spanish Gossip Girl. Um, but like, they did a really cool thing. Big spoiler alert. Uh, where they're one of their main female, uh, like, love interests uh, has uh, HIV. And they're just like, they deal with it. And they talk about prep and various things. And then it's just kind of like... You know, the the characters make informed decisions and they move on. That's pretty rad. Yeah, I think it's really, really important that we talk about the realities of these things. You know, it is very, very important to be informed and to accept the risks of yeah. sleeping with people with these stuff. But also that it's not it's not possible and it is very, very realistic yeah. to to have a relationship, including a, a sexual relationship with people or if you have them, regardless of your your STI status. And also failing that to be open minded and chill with people's statuses and like graceful when they come to you and and disclose these things, because that's got to be a hard conversation. Um, So I just want us all to have a little bit of grace about that. Yeah, I I also I like I don't think there's anything wrong uh, inherently if you, you know, put the pros and cons and it's you're not comfortable with the risk of saying, hey, I really like you. But unfortunately, I don't know if I if I'm willing to take the physical risk at this time to have a, a relationship or a sexual relationship with someone who, who has yep. a, whatever, I think that is a perfectly fine answer. And as long as you do it with grace and respect, yep. I don't think anyone on either side of, of the issue can be upset by that. That's the thing. It's like, once you're not a fucking dick about it, it's like no one's saying you have to put up with the risks. You know, that's why we're saying get educated, learn them and, and see where you stand and make an informed decision. But I think a lot of knee jerk reactions and a lot of like stereotypes and lack of knowledge out there would make people make the wrong decisions without their knowledge. So, yeah, just educate yourself and be chill. Be cool. Well, let's do this. One. This is from a throwaway account. Do I have a degradation kink? So last night. My, a female, partner, who's a male, and I were having sex. Started out in cowgirl position. Then I turned around and faced the other way into reverse cowgirl. I ended up leaning down all the way and being more in doggy style with my partner in the same, still in the same spot. I don't know if this position has a name. My partner then put his foot slash leg on my back behind my head. Surprisingly, this turned me on a lot. I don't know how to describe it, but that gesture of him putting feet on me and pushing me down into the bed so he could fuck me made me feel degraded, and I loved it. It sent me over the edge and I came immediately. After we finished, I told him how it made me feel. He sort of laughed and said it wasn't his intention at all. He just wanted to get a better hold on me. I later came across a video of this guy who was explaining ways to tease women during sex. He said the phrase, I don't think you even deserve my dick. And it shocked me how much I wanted my significant other to say that to me. I've always loved when we dirty talk and my significant other calls me a slut or something similar. So after last night, I'm really wondering if I have a degradation kink. Does anyone have advice on how I can explore this to confirm? Well, yeah, it seems pretty clear you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you need to confirm this, uh, friend. Uh, I think what you're doing is is right. Like, one, you explained what he did and that you liked it. That's yeah. cool. I love the communication Huge. there. Fuck yeah. You are exploring it personally, and you have made note of a thing that happened that you enjoyed. Huge, great, wonderful. Like, share that. Be like, hey, 
I think I have a degradation kink, or at least I like these things. Are you okay with exploring them to me? And you can be like, you could either send the video if you want to be hands off, or you could just be like phrases like X, Y, and Z. Like when he said, you don't deserve my dick, or when you call me a slut, I really like those things. And I think that's a very good way to begin, you know, with, with safe phrases. I would say also to be safe. If there's something under the umbrella of degradation that you do not enjoy, make sure to get that out there too. If there's a certain term or a certain like angle or treatment or whatever, and also to make sure you look into aftercare. You've nailed the two big things. Uh, One, definitely, definitely do a hard look at like what your, where your limits are. And if you're not Mm -hmm. sure where they are, make sure you establish a safe word. Yeah. Degradation is no different than bondage or physical pain degradation can be both physical and verbal and emotional and stuff like that so it is very very important to have a a rip cord if things get a little too intense and it might not even be a specific thing it might not be a you know oh i don't like being called i I, whore slut all perfectly fine but bitch is my you know Mm -hmm. there might just be like a, a bar that fills up inside you where you could be called a slut 47 times but the second time in a certain position, slut hits the wrong way, and all of a sudden you're really uncomfortable with it. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. Like it, it's yeah. not a carte blanche to be like, well, slut is okay. It's greenlit, and therefore it can be used all the time because yeah. it might not be able to. You might be in a certain position, feeling a certain way, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden or it's like might have gone I don't like on this. too long, or it might be a certain yeah. way. It's sad, like tonally. You know, that's okay, and that's why okay. safe words exist. And I know a lot of people who exactly what you just said, where it's it's not necessarily what's being said. It's the way it's being said. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of it has to do with volume. People don't want to be screamed at because screaming uh, specifically for women triggers, as we talked about the first question or the first thing we talked about of like women live in a different world where there is a primal response to like a dude having physical power over them and yelling at them. Yeah. And so you you could be saying the exact same thing, but it's the tone and the volume in which you're saying it can be night and day from yeah. this is really fucking hot and I love it to, oh, I know you're not going to do anything to hurt me, but my body is telling me to run. Yeah. So safe words. Safe words. So important. As Nell said, mm-hmm. aftercare. Anytime you have any sort of abuse uh, consensually in a relationship or in a, a relationship or sexual experience, Aftercare is so fucking important. And that could be anything from as simple as a cuddle at afterwards. It can be, I know a lot of people, especially for things like spanking and stuff, you can get really soft cloths that feel really nice to rub areas of impact. Mm. It could be as simple as getting them a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Or even just like words of affirmation, you know? Yes. You did a great job. That was really hot. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah. Those are really, really important things to say to someone after those kind of things, because it, it shows that you enjoyed it as much as they did. But mm-hmm. now that we're out of that, now that the, the game is done and the scene is over, I, I care about you. I want to make sure you're safe. And, you know, it, it's always nice to be like, that was fucking hot. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like, even though you are degrading your partner, you're clarifying afterwards that those are things you're saying for the game and you do not mean them. Yes, absolutely. And I would, I, I think what Niall said about uh, involve or, or researching on your own time is really, really important. And I would also, I don't like suggesting that people do uh, their own research on the opposite side. Like I wouldn't tell him to look no. up degradation stuff because, because again, if he finds a video of something that is the wrong yeah. path, then that, that defeats the purpose, right? And also you're making your partner do work for a thing that's for you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kinder and safer. So yeah. do it the right way. So if you guys want to go through and like, maybe you have a little porn night where you sit down and you go through some stuff and you can actively like in, in, in real time, be like, Ooh, that I like that. And yeah. then when something pops up, you can be like, I don't want that. Like, yeah. nope, it, not it, that you know one. what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. if someone's getting slapped and spit in the face and you're like, nope, <laughs> not that one. But I do like, you know, being bent over and have a foot on my head. That yeah. is okay. And it, that could be a really, really fun experience to go through and make like a little sexy checklist together. And it yeah. also gives him a visual, be like, oh, that, okay. And I think you can start building sort of a library or a Bible of a rough idea of like, 
what goes in the good and what goes in the bad. And then you can you can play around the gray area a little bit and be like testing the waters here and there with new things. Mm. But like it sounds like this is going to be great because you have the wherewithal to re- recognize that things are are hitting you in that. Ooh, I really like this spot. Mm-hmm. You know the name of what you like. You have looked up what you like. You can communicate to your partner. All like it it all seems like a very good recipe. Your partner seems cool. This is great. Explore, enjoy, be safe, but it'll all be good. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one final thing that I like to encourage people when they get into stuff like this is have designate someone as like a scene leader or a game leader. And what I mean by that is they are the ones who are in charge of whether things are getting escalated or staying the same. And it's usually easier for the person who is in the degrading role and not the degraded role. But you can find ways to lead up into a more either intense or less intense experience. Um, Ways you can do that is if he says something along the lines of, you don't deserve my dick, you can say something, you, you can respond with either, no, I don't, I'm sorry. And that's you pushing the scene forward. Or you can say something along the lines of how can I earn it? And that's also you moving Mm -hmm. the scene forward. But it also gives you the chance to take control for a little Mm -hmm. bit. So if it's a matter of on the narrative too. Yeah. If he's like, great. Yeah. You ride me and see if you can earn my dick. Cause then he gets a break, but you're, it's still in the, the framework of the game. Yeah. Um, so don't think that just because you're getting degraded, you don't have control. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fun way to play with control in the sense of like, you're making the decision, but it's his idea. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. have fun with that. And it can really be a collaborative and should be a collaborative experience and not just him doing whatever he thinks you might want. Um, so, so play with that. Yep. At the end of the episode, we like to hop onto online dating platforms. I was going to say Tinder platforms, which yes, but um, such as Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. And we comb through the profile, see what works, what doesn't work in an effort to make your online dating experience a little more enjoyable. All right, I'm going to start off with Ian. If you're fat, I won't talk to you. If you're jabbed, I want nothing to do with you. If you don't show your face or your face is ugly, I can't fucks with you. There's a high chance I have no interest in you. I can see you right through your makeup. Your chosen hairstyle speaks volumes. That's not a pun. (laughs) Damn, he's a crafty one. I like how he's like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. Hey, don't think I'm clever. Yeah, I am not funny. (laughs) Don't even don't even think you gotta have a personality or any sort of wit. It it is weird that he's so into hairstyles. Like I would love, I wish, I wish, well, I don't know. I wish I could dive into this dude's brain and like see his catalog of acceptable hairstyles. Oh yeah. I would love to know what, I don't want to go anywhere near his brain, but I would love a list of what hairstyles mean what, because I'm sure it is horrendous, but also engaging, interesting. I, I would love to see it. Like, is it just sort of like, does he, is he just looking for like blonde hair, perfectly straight, no personality? Not that there's anything wrong with straight blonde hair, but just like just that, like no curls, no pixie cuts, no short. I I could promise you no short hair, no short hair of any sort. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If it's not to your shoulders or longer, absolutely not. But like, what about ponytails? Where does he fall into the ponytail? Is that is that too Ariana Grande for him? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. As obviously this is a zero. I hate it. Yeah, he sucks shit. Okay, this is Michael and Alice, 21. I I think she might be 21. He looks a little older. (laughs) Okay. Don't mind us, just a father-daughter scrolling Tinder. She, Alice, 21. He, Michael, 40. We are up for a threesome or something casual. Okay, so I assume this is the metaphorical daddy and not the... Hey, let's fucking hope. Yeah. Let's fucking hope, Dane. I really... I... I literally had a full body like shiver right there. Like I, I almost like I felt like maybe just maybe I'm going to throw up a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? I haven't gotten you to throw up on air yet. So one day I got, got no, me very close. It's fucked. Uh, I, we talked about this, I think, last week where it's like if like degradation or like cook holding is your game. Sure. But don't bring anyone else into it. Yeah. I this, feel like this, this, they say father, right? No, oh, they do. It, in fact, say. A father-daughter scrolling Tinder. Yeah. So for me, the my first thing is just like, look, there's some real bad trauma 
that can be involved in this sort of yes. play, especially with the word father and not daddy, because daddy has a sort of innate sexual role, mm-hmm. which but is a father, bummer. That is what I called my dad as a child. Was it really? Oh, yeah. And it's so hard to to shake it now. And I can't. But every time I say it, I'm like, ugh. Do you still call your dad daddy? Yeah. That's really cute. I guess. I don't. I I haven't spoken to him where in a in a point where I'd need to, like, say that. But yeah, really. It's like, I don't call him his name. I'm not going to like father. Even dad feels, I don't know. Yeah, it sucks. It's like, That's damn. So what Of all the words you have to sexualize, you have to make do the one that now I just can't talk to my parents. <laughs> Thankfully, Mammy isn't a, uh... <laughs> well, I guess it is. Fuck. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, very, got, very different way. Very I different. Got bad, way. bad news for you. Yeah, dear God, I just can't talk to my parents. That's why I moved country. <laughs> yeah, I hate this. This is another zero. That's a zero. So it's picture two girls. They're okay. Just one of them is twenty, I guess, because that's the one the profile's about. And it, the only thing we have is the one with the tits. <laughs> See, like these profiles are so tough for me because this could this person could be fucking hilarious mm, and great or a piece of shit <laughs> or yeah or they think that the only like thing that matters about them and is worthwhile talking about is their tits yeah or they're like throwing their friend under the bus like yeah they don't have tits <laughs> like you know what i mean because it's, it's the two girls yeah it's tough because like i do know women who are like this who I adore and who are hilarious. And like, yeah. like I could, I could see at least two or three of my friends having a profile like this and knowing them being like, that's great. I love yeah. that. But then I also know quite a few women where I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the worst. This is terrible. Yeah. I think it would be a five or six tentatively because it could go either way. I'm also going to live in the five territory until I have like a, a five minute chat with this person. Yes. Two. And then that would be a swing it down to like a two or like an eight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Should we just keep going? Go, go one more. Let's do one more. Uh, this one is nameless. Knife emoji. Good start. Always don't, a strong start. Don't talk about your problems. I really IDGAF. Okay. Well, you don't understand what the I stands for. <laughs> Maybe they have a stutter. You don't know. I really, I don't give a fuck. And don't be talking like a whore or you're blocked. X emoji. Hmm. Is this a man or a woman? I'll let you figure it out. Okay. X emoji. I like my music loud. Don't turn my shit down unless you're dead or something. (laughs) Shrugging emoji. I'm impatient. (laughs) Get mad easily and easily bored. What are you laughing at? I just like the idea that he's okay with a ghost or zombie turning his music down. What does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, Shrug emoji. I'm impatient. Get mad easily and easily bored. I try not to. Wrong two. But it's hard. <laughs> Bow emoji. First dates are shopping sprees. Open all my doors. Bring me flowers, a gift, and chocolate-covered strawberries when you pick me up. Ticket emoji. Gift options. A bag from Dolce & Gabbana or red bottom heels, size 6.5. Okay. I, honestly, I was back and forth between whether this was a dude or a woman for a while. But that, I, I think, know. Came in with strong asshole male energy, honestly. Strong Kyle energy, for sure. Whoa. <laughs> one of our best friends is I know. Kyle and has, has been a, a guest on the podcast has done the wonderful videos you might have seen on our social media recently <laughs> and it's funny because it could not be more anti-Kyle energy but I do understand what you mean yeah maybe strong we, Josh energy sorry to Josh all the Joshes energy. out there Chad, Chad energy Chaz yeah. maybe Chaz it's uh <laughs> but then there's like a, a pretty big like switch yeah, once we get into the gift territory, I, I honestly, it wasn't until the, the shoes in the bag that I really, because mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, is this guy just, hey, I, if it was a Chaz who was demanding flowers and chocolate covered strawberries when you pick him up, it would sway me a little bit back towards loving this person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're a piece of shit, but I do love that you're challenging gender norms. Yeah, that honestly, that's like kind of where I was. And then was the, then the shoes came in. I'm like. Who's buying fucking Dolce Gabbana bags for a first date? Who's doing that? Especially I mean, I not that, when you have a profile of this shit. <laughs> like, I imagine hanging out with this person would be a nightmare. It's like you're trying to talk to them. They have their music so fucking loud. Honestly, just being around this person in like a like a four apartment radius mm-hmm. is probably yeah. a nightmare. Unless you're dead or something. Unless you're dead. <laughs> in which case, she fucking vibes with you. Yeah. Zombies? Uh, but hey, 
Do not be talking like a whore around her. <laughs> What's <laughs> what does that mean? Oh man, this is so this good. is a, just a strong stable of horrible profiles today that you've brought us. So thank, thank you very you. much. That's a this, this is also a zero, obviously. This is all Agent Valiant Hearts strong efforts out there in love the field. Love that man. Love that. Fucking man. love you so much. You fuel this segment almost single handedly. Uh, anybody else out there wants to add to this? Fucking send them in, guys. I know you've got either good or bad profiles or your own. Just fucking send them in. Yeah. You know you want to. That's going to do it for this week, friends. Thank you very much. Um, I think this might be the... No, this is this is the second... Uh, Niall's going away. Niall's leaving me for a while. It's true. He's going on a fucking cruise. Um, am I leaving you or have you driven me away? No, you're leaving me. You're <laughs> going to go spend time with Daddy and Mammy. And <laughs> I couldn't be happier for you because they're lovely people and I love your family very much and I wish I was coming with you and maybe just maybe I'm going to put myself in your suitcase and then I'll pop out like a surprise my parents will make you paint the shed again but that's okay it's a small I'll paint the whole fucking boat for them (laughs) now I would do anything for them uh so what we're going to be doing for those of you who haven't come to the live shows, I will be releasing the live shows for Niles little vacation um that is what we're going to be doing so look forward to that um if you've come to the live shows Get to hear it twice. Yeah, hopefully you'll have been so enraptured and laughing that you miss some of it, and then you'll you'll really get to like focus on on the sheer talent on stage. Yeah, that's us. The only that's problem us. is because it is just audio, you won't get to see us awkwardly shuffle our chairs in. But I promise you, it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, if you have a question or a Tinder profile you want to send us, by all means, head on over to fbuddiespodcast.com and click the contact form and send it our way. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your questions and we'd love to see your Tinder profiles. And I promise you, we'll be a little nicer with you unless you're really bad and then we won't. But you yeah, that's the thing. It. We're always put a, a little bit more kindness on. And like if you come at us with that Josh Chaz energy, yeah, I'm sorry. You're going to get a little bit lacerated. But if that's the case, you need to hear it. So it's win win. All right. Take us out, no? Thank you, Josh Eagle and the Harvest Seeds for their song, Paper Stars. And I'm going to read you the blurb of uh, a new book that's on Amazon. When Leona stumbles upon Beck, the ogre's trap, and becomes his prisoner, she's determined to get away. But it doesn't take long for things to start heating up between the two. Beck is trying to protect her, and Leona can't help her body's reaction to the buff, green monster. The lines between captive and captor become blurry, and the passion becomes a raging fire neither of them can put out. Get in my swamp! Was previously released on Kindle, and the last chapter was posted on December 25th. Love it. And yet I it is, love it. It is Shrek erotica. Uh, what? I'm really sad that there's no, like, donkey reference. What's it, is it going to be donkey? Monkey? Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm actually the opposite, and I'm glad there wasn't an animal mentioned in this erotica, Dane. The only... Well, I, guess, I was going to say the only people who fucked in Shrek were the donkey and the dragon but that's not true because shrek does end up having children shrek um, bones down you yeah, know shrek, he, shrek fucks he's shrek, got like nine kids at the end of it right yeah he fucks like a train man I bet he does and i'm just thinking about do you think he gets any sort of satisfaction from his little like trumpet ears obviously do you think they suck uh i can only imagine man now i'm all do you think there's a tongue in there there will be when i get my hands on them <laughs> my name is dane miller <laughs> the mouse babe. We've been your fuck buddies. 